What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. My name is Jacob Cooker. My friends call me Cub, and you should call me Cub, too. Today, we're going to talk about a book haul that I just received. Uh, I got an opportunity to go to a uh, really, really cool estate sale. Picked up some beautiful old books, uh, literally books that were printed in uh, the 40s and some of them as late as the 50s, but um, really, really excited about them. Um, this is going to be a book haul Q&A type thing, so just welcome everybody. It's a beautiful Sunday morning. I thought what better thing to do uh, then have a little bit of coffee and uh, just kind of talk with you guys, answer any questions you might have. I want to do a little bit of a knowledge dump here with just everything that I'm into, everything I'm studying, uh, kind of where I'm at in my walk right now, my spirituality, if you will. So welcome over on TikTok. Welcome on Facebook. Uh, I just hope everybody is having a beautiful, beautiful morning. It's Sunday and uh, the wind's blowing here in West Texas. I don't know what it's like where you are, but here in West Texas, the wind is blowing. Uh, so it's a good day to, to curl up with a good book uh, and try to enjoy uh, learning something. And I want to talk today about um, a deeper level of knowledge that's not just knowledge as you may have heard it uh, talked about you know, by the world. Like, oh, that person's really smart. Uh, because I'm not really smart. I'm I'm been proven over and over that I can do really dumb things. You know, ask my wife, uh, you know, I put stuff in the fridge that's supposed to go, uh, you know, in the, the cleaning closet instead of, you know, the refrigerator. So I do dumb things. I don't do smart things all the time. So what I'm talking about today, I'm not an intellectual. I'm not that guy that like, you know, tries to read a hundred books in a year and just sit there with all this knowledge in his head. Uh, I am what you would consider a Gnostic. Um, hey, welcome from Iowa. A Gnostic being someone who's interested more in taking information, taking spiritual knowledge and turning it inward into an esoteric understanding, which means it's under the surface. It's something personal and actually activating on those principles in my everyday life, becoming the knowing, the knowing or the gnosis, G-N-O-S-I-S. And I'm going to share with you guys today uh, some books that I'm personally reading, some books that I got from the book haul, and then kind of what my background is uh, from Christianity, if you will. So if you've never been here before, this is uh, definitely... Uh, an open-minded place to be. This is where we all come together in love and light and unity. Um, and so I don't care where you do or don't go to church, uh, what your ethnicity is, what your uh, marital status is, who you're married to or not married to, your orientation, all that stuff. We just love you. And we just, we're happy that you're here. And we're happy that we can have these open conversations. We're live over here on Facebook and TikTok on Sundays from 11 a.m. Central Standard Time to around 1 p.m., 12.30 sometimes, uh, to do this morning, Sunday morning live stream. So, uh, Cheese says, uh, love your streams. Thank you so much. Uh, Tantric Sorcerer says, tell us more about the angry God uh, or the evil God. I've got a great series out now uh, called Y'all to Bayoth. There's part one and part two. 
I can't tell you which one is better. I personally like part two better because I get into the scriptural evidence for the Old Testament God being an evil God. Um, but to me, they're both really a, a good exploration of uh, who God really is, what God really is, um, and what our experience of God can be. I even read another verse this morning um, in the Old Testament, and, and you've probably heard that quote, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Well, if you look at that part of Scripture, it says, me and my house, I will serve Yahweh. And so the author is stating, you know, pick who you're going to serve. You know, are you going to serve the gods from across across the river? Or are you going to serve this God that, that has actually done these things here? Uh, and I'm not saying whether those things that that God did were for good or for bad. I can't tell you that. You have to read it. And that's where the gnosis comes in. I'm not here to tell anybody what the right way is. I'm really here to help you unlock your path within you. That's the path that's so small and so narrow that most people never find it because you have to dig within. You have to go through all your own BS, all your programming to actually find that authentic reality or what Christ and the Bible refers to as the kingdom of God. What's up, Melissa from northwestern Georgia? Nice, nice. I bet the weather's beautiful there right now. Uh, Jonathan says, happy Sunday cub. I was just watching your other videos. Oh, awesome. Thank you very much. Um, let's see other questions here. Um, da, da, da. let's see. Uh, oh, Lynn, what's up? Lynn is here in the chat. We got a lot of comments today. Sorry guys. Uh, I'll try to take good questions here. If you guys have questions that are relevant to the live stream, uh, to spiritual texts and books that I'm definitely here uh, to to try to answer those questions. So, uh, Tantric Sorcerer says, do you reject, great question, the Old Testament and accept the New Testament? I don't reject any spiritual scripture. Uh, again, we're here in unity. We, we have all different faiths, all different religions. We have agnostics and atheists here. We have uh, Wicca here. We have... Um, Hindu, we have uh, Muslim, we have Christians, uh, we have Jewish believers here. We have all kind. literally, like, I mean, this, this audience that we have is massive. And I'm just, I'm really, really thankful that we have it. Um, and I have learned so much from you guys, so much from you guys. And that's part of what I'm here, um, as part of what I'm here to reveal is as I learn from all of these cultures that I'm exposed to through doing what I'm doing here, it's like I've gotten to travel the world and I've learned from all over the world. And I have really gotten to a place where I'm not just deprogramming from old ideas. I am building a beautiful, big understanding of what this crazy world is and this crazy life is that we're a part of. Um, and so, yeah, daily fruit. Absolutely. Uh, Merle Cantrell says, uh, good day, sir. Daily fruit. And, and I talk about that all the time, guys. I can't tell you if you need to read the Bible or the Bhagavad Gita, or you need to read the Sefer or the Tibetan book of the dead, or I can't tell you guys, I can tell you I'm reading it all. I want to understand everyone's experience of God, everyone's experience of the authentic reality um, and the, the only thing that I tend to reject is this idea that 
the extraterrestrials that have visited our planet over and over and over throughout the years from the beginning of this planet. Um, I just don't think there are gods. I believe that what Christ came to speak, what Buddha came to speak, what Krishna came to speak was speaking of a spirit, a much, much bigger spirit than what we are trying to name as God in some of these older texts, especially these where, you know, the God comes down and on fire and smoke on the mountain. And that's not, that is not unique to the old Testament, by the way, that's an Aboriginal culture. It's an Egyptian culture. It's literally even in there. It says Yahweh has come out of Egypt. Um, so why is he coming out of Egypt? If he's this actual spiritual father that Christ is talking about, I don't think he like morphed into something he wasn't. Um, and I don't think his character changed that much. So, I certainly don't respect the Old Testament, and that's a really, uh, reject the Old Testament. I respect it. Let me say that again. I certainly don't reject it. I respect it, just as I respect any ancient spiritual text. Uh, the stuff I'm going to talk about today is not like commentary on anything. These are original stories that are considered either classic works or actual ancient spirituality. And that's one of the things that I'm really into because. I don't need to hear someone's modern interpretation of these things rather than just experience all of them. Now, do I have like my gurus? Absolutely. I have people that I follow, podcasts I listen to. Um, yeah, I'm even doing a book now by Sada Guru uh, called Karma, and it's about your the the programming of your life. Karma not being like a you know, give a dollar, get a dollar or take a dollar, get a dollar taken from you idea that we have here in the West, but karma being an imprint that goes in cycles as you build things mentally, emotionally, physically, uh, and spiritually or energetically, you know, all of these different, uh, experiences we have as we build that. And a lot of people find themselves stuck in patterns in their life that they've built out of their karmic imprint. One of the beautiful things about all these spiritual texts is it will help you get unstuck from that type of pattern in your life. For me, it was alcoholism, uh, struggling with addiction, hating myself to the point where I literally didn't even want to live anymore. Stuff I don't like to talk about, but it's part of my story and I absolutely have to share it here. Uh, Merle says, love Sadhguru. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's such a wise man. Um, but here's the deal. We can all be wise men and women. We can all be wise men and women or, or humans, whatever you consider yourself. We can all be wise humans. Um, let's see. When Susie Cook says, love your videos, that has helped my understanding of God. Thank you so much, Susie. That's literally why I do this. That is why I do this. Uh, and Jason, thank you for watching the Beast God Part 2. Um, I hope you enjoy that one. The scriptural references I have in that video are pretty powerful as far as understanding the difference between the, the God of the Old Testament and the Father that Christ was speaking of. So, um, do I love Jesus? A lot of people come in here and say, do you love Jesus or just love Jesus and you'll be fine. Uh, my love for Jesus is much different than it used to be. It is not a uh, Christian theology love for Jesus. It is one that I've started to love him when I started to love myself. One that I realized that he's been a part of me ever since I was a little kid. One that I realized he's a universal Christ, not a religious figure that we've tried to make him. And while the man Yeshua walked the earth with the knowledge and with the understanding and with the enlightenment and was even taken to the cross for that, 
Um, I believe he came to unlock much greater levels of understanding within each and every one of us. Um, and so a few of the things that I want to read today are, I'm going to read some from the Bible, obviously. Um, in fact, I'm going to go to Bible.com uh, because I wanted to share a couple of things that I was reading last night, um, particularly as we are in the Gospels. So someone who's come from a, a large background of Christianity, even taught within you know, a, a Christian focused, um, pattern for a very long time. And even my first book is written from a very Christian understanding. Um, I have no problem with that, but I think that there's a lot more. And I think no matter what religion you're a part of, there's a lot more. I mean, each religious system we have is some cultural understanding and experience with the gods and ultimately the seeking of the higher power, the spirit God, the spirit father, the source, the universal intelligence, whatever you want to call it, or him or they. Uh, we hear about that in Genesis 1 as Elohim. Then we're introduced in Genesis chapter 2 to Yahweh Elohim, uh, becoming that singularity um that became entified in an, in an entity of Yahweh, one that could be talked with, walked with, uh, physically expressed on our planet. Um, and then you flash forward to New Testament. Jesus says, no one has seen the Father. No one, no man has seen the Father. Well, then why did Adam walk with him? Why did Moses meet with him face to face? All this stuff, you know, big questions there, right? Especially if you're into that type of theology. So, um, and sorry, I missed some questions over here on Facebook, guys. Facebook's tiny because it's on my little iPhone. Um, yeah, jo Joey Powell had a good comment here. Uh, so watch a documentary regarding um, a certain city and different symbolism and rituals within that organization. So uh, I don't like to speak that or call any of that out, mainly because I'm not a conspiratorial channel. That's not really like kind of my bent or uh, where I like to go with stuff. I just spilled coffee all over my lap. So let me clean that up. That's why I do these uh, normally with my big coffee cup, but it was in the dishwasher today. So I'm, I've got a little coffee cup today. So one of the thing is, is like, you know, symbolism is around us everywhere. And those with eyes to see and ears to hear, it's not always like bad, by the way. You know, we we try to make symbolism like this thing that it's only the, the bad people that use it. Like we use it every day. We signal and symbol to people uh, what we're about, who we are, what we believe, what we'll what we're open to. Um, we have all of this stuff in our life. I mean, you literally have symbols on your car that you drive. You have symbols on your dashboard. Uh, there's symbols in the sacred text that we have. They're all representations of a greater concept. And so one of the biggest things that I teach on here is, you know, quit worrying about all these other symbols that other people use and come up with your own, create your own new patterns in your life. And I'm not saying you have to write a book with all these different symbols in it and say, this means this, this means that. But I'm saying, what do you identify with? I love the rainbow. Um, I love owls. I love, um, what are different things that I love? You know, I love nature and the patterns of nature. I love the idea of unifying like four different parts 
Um, that's why I love the four different yogas, you know, your thoughts, your actions, your emotions, and your spiritual energies. Those are things that I'm learning. And those are things that I'm combining, building my own. When people look at me and they see the tie dye, they understand the symbolism of that. What is, what does tie dye represent? It represents breaking out of the norm. It represents, uh, order within disorder. Like, you know, look at this, this was done yet. It has a beautiful pattern. But in the process, it looked really, really messy. There's a lot of different symbolisms behind, like, just just the fact that I wear tie-dye. Uh, and then, of course, I create this AI artwork. If you're watching over on TikTok, I've got the AI artwork above me. Uh, just to kind of take everybody to the same place. I've got a wizard as he's going through uh, the books on a bookshelf. Um, and just gaining spiritual knowledge and, and spiritual knowledge is a lot of people with spiritual knowledge and what we, we call that doctrinal studies. We call that, uh, you know, going through these theological forums of higher learning and, and whether that is within the Christian church or within, um, uh, the, the Jewish sect or whether that's in, uh, the Eastern faiths, it doesn't matter. Like anyone that, that, is going to go through that type of system is going to come out with um, more of a, a knowledge understanding of things. So, hey, no, ma'am, she's digging in the trash, and I've got her. I've got her vibrating collar on this morning so I can vibrate her and keep her under control. She tried to eat one of these books this morning. This is Marvel, by the way. If you haven't met my little puppy, she might make uh, an appearance, and she's wonderful. I love her to death. Um, but she is in that like growth stage, like we all are. Right. And when, when we're in big stages of growth, we tend to mess a lot of things up. And one of the things she did today, and this is the first book I'll introduce. I'll get right into it here is Jesus, the son of man by Khalil Gibran. Um, and this book was written quite some time ago and here's what she did to it today. She, um, she really got into it and luckily I walked in. I was setting up for the podcast this morning and she was starting to uh starting to get into the book um not as a means to read it but as a means to eat it and I wanted to actually use that as analogy today as a lot of us try to quote unquote eat books. We try to uh how many books can I read? One of my mentors is Ty Lopez and he talks about reading a book a day. And a lot of these billionaires, they read like a book a day, uh, you know, and they've got this method down to just get it in them so quick. And while I respect that, I absolutely respect that. I am not a book a day guy. Um, I've got a stack of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen different books here with me, which includes the Holy Bible. Uh, Fourteen, if I include the Sefer, which I'll show you. Um, and so, am I going to read all of those this year? No. No, absolutely not. Because spiritual books are different than classic books. Classic books uh, have some deep things in them, but spiritual books get very, very much into the metaphysical mindset, heart conditioning uh, with your emotions, by the way, not not your physical one, but your emotional heart. Um, and so those are things that take a lot of time to like really digest, right? And by the way, we can go through these books over and over and over and over and still learn. That's why a lot of people refer to the Bible as the living word of God. That is a misunderstanding about the Bible. I grew up in a culture, and I love my Bible, by the way. 
I grew up in a culture where this was called the Word of God. This is a book, an amalgamation of spiritual understanding put together by men throughout history. It is amazing that we have a Bible, that we have a Holy Bible available to us, that we can read it. I love that. And while the text is living because it's spiritual text and it can change and ebb and flow and different points in our life help us with different things. And by the way, it's helped me in my life, even when I misunderstood parts of it, it was still applicable and helped me through different times in my life. And now as I start to understand more of the authentic piecing together of this, uh, all the different things that were done to get this book to us today and how you can read any different translation of that Bible and they all mean something a little different because you've got to go back and look at the, the actual Greek or Hebrew to really understand what it's talking about. And then not to mention that it's all out of order anyway and it's not even in chronological order. It really puts kind of a cap on our understanding as the average person if you don't go through a doctrinal uh pathway to understanding that of higher learning which i'm all about but again there is you kind of come out with a byproduct of that of you are taught a certain point of view and here we go with the squeaking you're taught a certain point of view and so what i want to do today is is whether you're a pastor whether you're agnostic or atheist the thinkerspace says uh highly recommend esoteric christianity by ari uh by annie besant uh, thank you very much. I'll check it out. Um, and then Merle Cantrell says, I don't believe in just one almighty religion. I believe as long as you worship him, that's all that matters. Absolutely. There is an old uh, Eastern philosophy that says all rivers lead to the ocean. All rivers lead to the ocean. Now, why is the path narrow? What Wait, doesn't that contradict what Jesus said? No, it doesn't. You know, the, the path is narrow, right? Um, and few find it, okay? Because it's within. The kingdom of God is within you and within me. And so that's why it's hard to find. Because, again, we have to go through all our own BS. And most people will never do that. They keep adding more BS to that, trying to cover it up, trying to build themselves up higher with stuff or knowledge or degrees or status or uh, relationships or whatever that might be rather than just quieting themselves why is it so dangerous and scary to quiet ourselves especially here in the west you think about meditation and quieting yourself i literally heard someone the other day say meditation is dangerous for a christian because it allows demonic entities in when you quiet your mind you should actually just fill your mind with the bible and while I see the point in that, like I see the, the Christian logic in that, and again, all respect to every walk of faith we have on here, all respect to that. But I'm letting you know, Joey says haircut looks sharp, by the way. Thank you very much, Joey. I'm letting you know that that for me became one of the most ignorant things I could do because if I just kept reading the Bible, I was just going to get the byproducts of what the tradition I was taught with the Bible so I started to, to look east and I found all of these yogis and I found all of this uh, stuff about meditation and quiet in your mind and who the true God is, uh, the, the light and the love and the unity, the infinite light. I read this text on the infinite Buddha of light and it was absolutely beautiful. And I went, oh my gosh, that's, that's the God that I'm looking for. That's the Christ energy. That's that's what I'm trying to find. That's what I've been seeking and trying to, and, and honestly experiencing in moments 
that I wouldn't call church moments, but I would certainly call transcendental moments of oneness and unity and bliss that I didn't never knew I had access to. Um, so yes, I'm looking for truth. I'm looking, I, I don't even call it truth because everybody has their own version of truth. I call it the authentic reality. What is the authentic reality? The authentic reality is the one where we are. It's the one where we are. It's not the one where we're trying to be something or working hard to attain. It's not the one where we just don't care. It's the one where we are and we finally make contact with that part of us that is divine. That inward, the inside of us, the esoteric kingdom of God, which Jesus literally said, the kingdom of God is within you. And that's, that becomes a problem when we start looking outside of ourselves. And so what I'm talking about today is not go look in books. That's where the kingdom of God is. What I'm talking about today is ancient scriptures as well as some classic works have some keys in them to helping you clear out your own BS and finding God within you. And that's, that's what I teach. That's what I believe. That's what I'm experiencing. And so that's how I approach everything. Getting into the book hall. This one is uh, the Jesus, Jesus, the Son of Man by uh, Khalil Gibran. And again, I believe this was written maybe in the 40s or 50s. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty old, um, and I would consider it a classic work. Um, and again, we're going to do some more ancient works here in a minute. But this book ends, and I, believe, uh, I absolutely love uh, the way this is. So it says, Master, Master of Light whose eye dwells in the seeking fingers of the blind. You are still despised and mocked, a man too weak to infirm to be God, a God too much man to call forth adoration. Their mass and their hymn, their sacrament and their rosary are for the imprisoned self. You are yet distant self, their far-off cry and their passion. But master, sky heart, night of our farrier dream, you do still thread this day, nor bows nor spears shall stay your steps. You walk through all our arrows, you smile down upon us, and though you are the youngest of all of us, you father us all. Poet, singer, great heart, may God bless your name, and womb that held you, and breast that gave you milk, and may God forgive us all. And so, if you don't know, uh, Khalil Gibran was a poet. Um, and so, this book is a lot of the poetry. Um, and it's absolutely beautiful. Um, I don't have it on... If you go to cubcooker.com, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com, you can click on the Must Read Spirituality Reading List. I don't have it on there because that list I'm reserving for ancient spiritual works. And I'm saying a thousand plus years old. So that's what I'm considering ancient uh, stuff that is really transcended time and is still with us. So while this is old and I love this, this is beautiful, beautiful poetry. Again, called Jesus, Son of Man. This is a very old book and it was in near pristine condition until my dog got a hold of it literally today. But you know what? It's a memory held, and I don't intend to ever sell or give away this book. In fact, all of the books I'm going to share with you today, I plan on highlighting in and taking notes in because that's what I'm talking about. If you just flip through it and read it, put it back on the shelf, 
it does nothing for you. You might recall a verse or a chapter from it later on, but you don't turn that into esoteric gnosis. Gnosis being, again, we have um, a true knowing, a knowing of this stuff. Jesus knew the scriptures, not just by head, but by heart and by actions and by, by aligning all these four yogas, his thoughts, his actions, his heart energy, and then his spiritual energy, all of those together. Um, and he, he was an ascended master. If you don't look at him as savior, then you can at least look at him as an ascended master. So, um, I absolutely love that about him, but, uh, Gibran was a genius. Uh, the prophet is one of my favorite books. Yes, absolutely. In fact, I didn't even know about Khalil Gibran until I went to this, uh, this sale, uh, which was an estate sale with just a pristine library of beautiful, beautiful knowledge. So I'm going to continue through this hall. So that's number one. Um, and then that would be considered a classic work. Number two is going to be considered a classic work too. Um, there we go. This is called Morals and Dogma, Ancient and Accepted Rites. Uh, this is from the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry. So this, I was able to find this um, from 1966 is, I believe, when this was published is what it looks like. Um, so again, I would consider this classic. It was copyrighted in 1950. So the first page, um, is this, you know, and it's, it's, it's beautiful and I'm not going to get into any conspiratorial stuff here at all, by the way. Um, so reserve those comments. Let's respect everything, every belief pattern and system. And, and that's what Gnosis is. Let's glean the, the truth thread that runs through all of them. There's a golden thread that runs through all of these ideas. Some of these ideas focus on different things over others. And I think the true ascended master can look at all of these different philosophies and spiritual ideologies and be able to find that common thread within all of them to then continue their path of ascent. That's what we should all be doing besides judging, by the way, because that judgment measure that we give out will be measured against us. Uh, and that's a, that's a quote that Jesus actually said as well. So let's just try to remember that. And and this is a book that I've reserved because, again, I, I don't want to open up that can of worms. Um, so Morals and Dogma of the Ancient and Accepted Scottish Rite of Freemasonry, the Supreme Council of the 33rd Degree, Mother Council of the World for the Southern Jurisdiction of the United States, and published by its authority, House of the Temple, Washington, D.C., 1966 and here's a picture of the grand commander from 1859 to 1891 um just a really really cool book i was really blessed to get this it's in immaculate condition and thank god this didn't get chewed on today but again remember that allegory of my dog chewing on this book my dog is not any wiser for it i love her i love her but she is not an ascended master because she chewed on some words in a book and that's what I'm talking about today. If you guys decide to go down this path with me, I've got a list right now with 10 must-read spirituality books. These are ancient scriptural texts, and they will they will change you if you do more than chew on them. Don't be like my dog and chew on it. Be like a guru. Be like an ascended master and become a gnosis of that knowledge become knowing of it that's what changes us that's what helps us ascend Annie says nice analogy thank you annie 
Uh, still love them all. Leathercraft, uh, 74 Leathercraft says, absolutely. I do love them all. They are, they are wonderful. They're my babies. Uh, but when they chew on my books, that doesn't make me happy. So I'm going to share another one. This one, this one is in immaculate condition. I mean, it's, it still has the golden, uh, braid around the edge. I mean, this is just beautiful. This is a brave new world by Aldous Huxley. I won't get into, uh, really what this is all about. But if you want to understand more about um, the buildings of societies, you know, the, the structural, the power structures, all of those things, uh, this is a fantastic book. I highly recommend it. Um, I've only read just a little bit of it now. A lot of people read this in school. I did not read it in school. Um, but I'm really looking forward to getting into this. So, again, to to have a gnosis of what it says, not, not just a book knowledge understanding, but a gnosis of what it says. And how do you gain this gnosis? By the way, if you guys decide, you know, Hey, I love what Cub's talking about. I'm going to go hit up his website, cubcooker.com. I'm going to buy a few of these books and start reading. How do you find the gnosis of it? You actually find it by making intimate time with that book. I'm not talking about when you're in bed at night and you got your glasses pulled down and you got your husband or wife next to you and they're like, oh, what do you want to do tomorrow? Blah, 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 and you're trying to read. No, I'm not talking about trying to shut your brain down. I'm talking about starting the day with this, guys. I'm talking about reading it piece by piece, praying on it, meditating on it, and running that data against all the other data that you've been programmed with. What that's going to start to do is it lights a fire within you. And Sadhguru talked this morning about the true ascended master. And when they open their third eye is a fire burns inside. And the preferable way to do this, there's several ways you can do it. You can do it by just being really quiet, uh, by going into this mode of meditation, devoid of people. You can fast, all this stuff. You see that Christ did this in the wilderness. Um, and you can activate that third eye. And this is not just you know, a magic trick that we do. This is something that's part of us. It's part of that second sight or what we call a third eye. Um, and when we do this, we do it the preferable way, which is through the gnosis, through um, actually going through and burning out, spiritually burning out, by the way, not physically. You know, you always hear the book burnings. You go within and actually start to burn out all of the data, all of the patterns of our karma, whatever you want to consider it, I call it programming of our life because we program ourselves. Nobody else programs you. Everybody wants to blame media and all of this stuff. It's you. It's you that have programmed, <clears throat> excuse me. It's you that have programmed you. It's me that has programmed me. That is the programming that we have to be careful of because once we sell it to ourselves, it's really hard to say, Hey, I was wrong and then unsell it to ourselves or take it back or get rid of it. Uh, and here's a good analogy of that. Look around your house. Look at things you've bought that you know it was a dumb purchase. You know it was stupid, but you might think it's cute or you might think it's sentimental or whatever, and you keep it there, and it collects dust, and it's there day in and day out. And then you end up tripping over it. Then you put it in a box. You stick it in the attic. Then 10 years later, you clean out the attic because you got mice in the attic, and you got to get rid of the mice, or you need a new roof, and, and the roofers knocked a bunch of dirt on everything, and you want to get it all cleaned up. Now you gotta you got to deal with that stuff again. So it's better to just get rid of it when you find that that data doesn't jive with the new data, doesn't vibe with it, doesn't vibrate on that frequency, and you start to build a bigger picture. 
And so that can be anything from looking in the mirror and going, well, I'm not attractive enough to dot, dot, dot. Well, I'm telling you guys, if I can sit here and do this in a tie-dye shirt with big old glasses on my face, and we have the community that we have, and we've built this amazing community. Um, and by the way, I mean, we've had about a thousand people run by this morning on the live stream, but we're going to have another 10, 20, a hundred thousand watch these over the coming weeks. Uh, and we continue to build this community. We continue to do this. And it's not because I am movie star looks. It's because we're building something that's actually meaningful here. And so, um, I had to get rid of that idea that like, I'm not like a movie star that can be up here, uh, and talk here on camera. And I've, I've got friends and family too, that are trying to do this thing as a creator as well. And they have to get over their own belief systems of who they are and say, I am not what I look in the mirror and decide, but I am what I actually have to offer to people, which is much deeper and more beautiful than most people want to believe. So, um, next book in the hall. Uh, and then this will be the last book that I got at the, uh, estate sale. And then we'll get into the ancient texts that I have. So this is the Republic by Plato. Um, and again, absolutely immaculate, absolutely beautiful. Uh, this is another book that I cannot wait to get into. Um, again, these are not for everyone. Uh, the classics are, you have to understand the cultural time that they were in however they are timeless classics for a reason so um you know you've got socrates in here you've got um let's see yeah it's got all the different books in here book one book two book three um and so i'm looking forward to going through this and while i've you know been exposed to some of these classics in the past when you read them for school, you don't necessarily have any gnosis of them or even memory of reading them. So uh, it's a great time to go through, read the classics again. Um, and so, again, the, the list I have today is no matter where you're at in your walk, you might find that classics are best for you right now. You might find that the ancient scriptures are best for you right now. Personally, I'm an ancient scripture guy, and I want to start with these. I'm going to go ahead and talk about this one. This is The Complete Prophecies of Nostradamus. This is a book my wife got me for Christmas last year. Um, and it's this is very hard to read because it's broken up in a lot of different pieces of his prophecies. Now, a lot of them have come true. If you watch uh, The Nostradamus Effect on History Channel, you can see all the different data sets showing that this stuff, you know, when it's happened and all kinds of uh, really compelling uh, data on that. So, um, let me just read a, an excerpt here. Um, this is interesting. So, in the world shall be a monarch who will not leave peace nor be long alive. Then will be lost the fishing boat and shall be governed to its great detriment. Okay, any idea what that means? I have no idea what that means. And by the way, <laughs> when you read the book, you still don't understand what it means. But this is great, and, and a good companion to this is the Nostradamus effect, because I love looking at prophecies, um, and one of the, the, the determinations of a prophecy, if it's from God, it'll come true. 
uh, if it's actually from source, it'll come true. So that's, that's an interesting, uh, theory behind prophecy. And so, uh, while you have a lot of different church, uh, sects and in the time of Nostradamus that did not accept his prophecies, uh, thought they were demonic or whatever. And then you look at how many of them have come true. Uh, the same could be said about the Simpsons. If you've ever watched the Simpsons and then you see, um, how there is, a lot of stuff talked about on there that, that then comes to pass 10 years later. That's interesting. And I've got a whole series where I talk about movies, um, and media as scripture or, um, prophecy even. So, um, okay. Great question. Um, Brabali Bryant. I hope I said that right. I wanted to ask, so what about the commandments are of Yahweh uh, or the Most High? So the commandments, if you remember, Christ came to reveal uh, the law of love, right? Which fulfills all the commandments. He fulfilled all of that. The, the commandments of Yahweh were given at Mount Sinai to Moses. While those were good to live, think about could an evil God give commandments like that? Well, yeah, he could because that perpetuated the people. It made sure that they continued to have life, that he can continue to farm through them. He could continue to be their God and receive worship. And so all the things that are in those commandments, yes, those are those are morally correct, right? Like the Ten Commandments are morally uh, uh, one of our largest basises of morality on this planet. And so while they are morally correct, they're also in the best interest of perpetuating society, making sure we live in harmony with each other. And while there was no life in that old religious law, as Christ talked about, it did perpetuate society uh, where it would continue on so that the extraterrestrial gods can continue to receive worship uh, and in literal indentured servitude to those gods. That's the way I see it and justify it. You may see it differently, but then I see that Christ came to fulfill all of those because if you truly step into the vibration of love, if you truly step into gnosis of who you are as a spiritual being, you do not break any of those out of love and out of truth and oneness, not out of following the dogma. That was the message that Christ brought in my opinion and my belief system. So, um, yes, the law of one Hermes Trismegistus, uh, absolutely. Um, I read that, um, I did the audio book on that while I didn't understand all of it. Um, it is, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, another, you know, that's a very Gnostic text. Again, if you don't know, Gnosticism just means to know the Gnosis of it's that deeper understanding of, so getting into the ancient books and I've got all of these on cubcooker.com and then click on the must read spirituality reading list. If you want to pick up any of these in physical copy, uh, I get a little bit of a kickback from that. Trust me, I'm not getting rich on this, but it does help perpetuate the mission of this channel. So thank you guys for your support. Um, did people really read a brave new world in school? And he says, yes, uh, for a long while it was in schools. Um, particularly, uh, when you got into higher learning into college, um, I don't know that it's even 
read anymore, but I'm, I'm honored to have a copy. Not saying I agree with everything in it, but again, it's the gnosis of what's in there. So, uh, and the gnosis of what's in all of these, you don't have to agree with every letter in a book or a spiritual text to add it to your larger understanding and begin to cultivate that spiritual fire within you that burns away all of these things, even in revelation, by the way, can be taken allegorically and understand the, the battle within us, the spiritual battle within us. We don't have to see anything physically to understand that this happens within us. And our life is this process. Every prophecy and story in all of these spiritual texts is also an allegorical understanding of who we are spiritually and what our true divine nature is and the inward battles that we have all the time. Specifically, we get to the Bhagavad Gita. I want to talk about that because there's some deep spiritual knowledge in that. And we've got a delivery, of course, on a Sunday morning. Come on, people. Take off work. Sunday is a day to take off, yet the world just keeps running. Um, and so the dogs are going to start barking here. But this is the Tibetan Book of the Dead. Um, and it has an introduction and commentary by His Holiness, the Dalai Lama. This is a Penguin Classics Deluxe Edition. I love it. It's a beautiful, beautiful um, cover. Here the dogs go. Anyway, this is live and raw, so welcome. Uh, it says, hidden away for many centuries, this ancient treasure text reveals the secrets of enlightening the living and life after death. So that's what the Tibetan Book of the Dead is about. This is not... A lot of people veer away from any type of Book of the Dead, the Egyptian Book of the Dead, Tibetan Book of the Dead. Oh my gosh, it's for guys, it's for living. It's to understand the meaning of life. And so don't, you know, we don't have to be afraid of stuff like this and think, oh, it's a book of spells. We got to be careful with it. Like it, you can understand what's in this and have gnosis of it uh, without trying to be afraid of everything. So I want to talk about fruit right now because I have a lot of people, even in my own life, that say, hey, um, you know, aren't you afraid of this? Aren't you afraid you're deceived? Aren't you afraid you have a demon? Aren't you afraid? Whatever, you know, whatever. And while that can be hurtful, because I've literally had some people that used to be really, really good friends of mine that, that have called me out publicly and said, you know, uh, you, you know, you think you're doing God's work, but you're not. And, you know, I, I pray for your soul. I pray that you would turn around, blah, 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 all this stuff. Guys, that's just ignorance. It's just ignorant when, when, if you've ever said something like that to someone who is genuinely seeking, then you need to check your own heart. Look in your own eye for the log in your own eye before you pull the speck out of your friend's eye. Uh, Christ said that too, you know, and I'm more obsessed and concerned with the words of Christ biblically in the New Testament and the gospel than I am uh, with anything because to me, that's where the spiritual fruit is. Because before that and after that, you had a lot of systems of control. And one of the reasons I believe he was... Ta Hold on just a second. Stop. Go on. Go. Out. Out. Zelda. Out. Go. Go. I'm on a live stream. Go. Go. Okay. Sorry. It never fails, guys. I, I promise you there is something spiritually that does not want me to do this. We are literally helping people find salvation through this. I'm not talking about the salvation of 
uh, a certain religious organization or understanding. I'm talking about true gnosis. I'm talking about finally feeling free from all the BS, finally feeling uh, enlightened, finally having light within them. And I get aggravated because I'm telling you guys, it was all quiet on the Western front this morning and then all hell breaks loose. It, there, there is some spiritual thing that happens every time I go live. The bots start in the chat, the drones, the trolls, all the, all the stuff. But here I am, and I'm going to keep doing it, guys. I'm going to keep showing up. Are those uh, Sitchin's books in the background? No, I've got a lot of C.S. Lewis up there. I've got a Marvel comic book anthology there that goes through all the Marvel characters, including the Pantheons of Gods. I've got the 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. I've got Crushing It by Gary V. I've got the Chronicles of Narnia, C.S. Lewis. And then the collected works of C.S. Lewis in the C.S. Lewis Bible with quotes from him in the Bible. And then I have the Jesus Storybook Bible, all of which I love. Some of my favorite, favorite uh, books to read up there. So I I just kind of have those because those are my go-to ones. I can quote out of them all the time and I love them. So Uh, Annie says he's giving you situations that give you patience and strength. Amen. Absolutely. Uh, And so as I learn all this spiritual stuff, uh, the true test of it is actually having it tested. Nobody wants to go through a test, but welcome to life, right? So we definitely like, you know, the more you learn, the more you burn, right? Um, and so I love that idea of, you know, Krishna opening his third eye and becoming one and becoming God, uh, whatever you want to consider it. I'm learning more about that. Uh, but again, uh, Sadhguru had a great episode this morning on that talking about that inner fire that starts to burn because you've got to, you got to go through it, right? Like, uh, or you, you don't ascend without burning the lower levels. And if you think of that as the chakric ascent up to the crown chakra, I'm nowhere near there now, but, uh, occasionally experience third eye, um, enlightenment and that release of bliss and joy. Particularly I was doing some sun gazing the other day, just soaking up the sun and align my thoughts, my actions. I put my hand over my heart. I just gave thanks, took the action of giving thanks, the thought of giving thanks, deeper than thanks, but actual gratitude. I focused my emotion on feeling thankful, and I also focused the energy in my body, everything towards that emotion, just feeling the blood flow in my body, all the cells in my body, and and then it's like it releases this incredible, incredible blissful feeling uh, where it was like even my chest was quivering. And then I just began to weep uh, in, a, in a beautiful way, by the way. This is what I'm talking about, guys. If you've never experienced this level of joy and bliss, that's why I show up here. That's why when all the matrix starts throwing all the BS at me and you got delivery people showing up on a Sunday, who delivers on a Sunday anymore? I mean... You know, I, I know we're in a whole new world now, but I'm just saying I grew up in a world where Sunday was the day off. And now you got this matrix throwing. It doesn't stop, guys. It doesn't stop. We can take our Sabbath, but the matrix doesn't take a Sabbath. So um, thank you, man, for all the good work you're doing in the universe. Uh, Cassidy says, thank you very much. I appreciate that. 
Uh, and thank you guys. Y'all are beautiful. Annie says it's a beautiful feeling. Absolutely it is. Um, so yeah, this is a beautiful book. I can't wait to start this. Obviously I can't read through all these spiritual texts at once. So I'm going to leave the one that I started with for last and then we'll go through that. So this is the Dhammapada. Um, and this is my favorite translations. Incidentally, it's the ones I picked up first. And one of my mentors, a friend of mine here on, uh, TikTok, Bob Peck, uh, he wrote a book called Original Sin is a Lie, and uh, really, really looking forward to reading that. Um, in fact, I, I think he may have sent me a copy because he asked for my address, so we'll see. Uh, but he's another creator on here, so I love connecting with other creators in that way, um, and I'm looking forward to that. But he went through and explained. He understands the... Um, Indian spirituality a lot more. And that's what these say. These are a classic of Indian spirituality. So, uh, you can call them Eastern mysticism, whatever you want to, uh, but anyway, the Dhammapada is one of these classic, uh, or even ancient, uh, books of Indian spirituality. Um, and so this is in the religion and Buddhism section. Um, but Dhammapada means the path of the Dharma the path of harmony and righteousness that anyone can follow to reach the highest good. The Dhammapada is a collection of verses gathered probably from direct disciples who wanted to preserve what they had heard from the Buddha himself. Uh, Aswarna's best-selling translation is a classic Buddhist text is based on the original Pali. Uh, and especially being a, a, someone who grew up in Western Christianity, evangelical Methodist, and even some Baptist background, um, this is stu this is hard to read, not just because you have to clear out your own bias against it. And I mean that in the most loving way. I was literally taught that any other religion is is the work of Satan and just trying to distract me from the true uh, Jesus. Um, and, and by the way, when I dipped my toe in, I went, wait a minute, Jesus is a lot bigger. Christ has been here in all of this stuff. And this is beautiful and amazing. It's a huge tapestry. We're all part of a massive pattern, guys. Um, and I absolutely love that. So all of the books I'm recommending within the Eastern spirituality are by this author, or at least uh, introduced and translated by Eknath Eswarn. Uh, and I hope I said that right, but these are all on my website, on my Amazon profile. So cubcooker.com, uh, and then just click on the must read spirituality list. Uh, but this, I cannot wait to read this. And then the next one, uh, this is the Upanishads is how you say this. Uh, again, Bob Peck, thank you for helping me figure out how to pronounce these. Um, this one says in the ancient wisdom texts called the up, uh, the Upanishads, illuminated sages, share flashes of insight, the results of their investigation into con consciousness itself. So this is an exploration of consciousness from the sages. Um, cannot wait to read this either. Again, same author uh, or translator and introducer here, uh, Eknath Eswarn. Again, on my website. I've scanned through both of these and then I've actually started to read this last one. I'll share with you. Absolutely beautiful. The Bhagavad Gita. This is one of my favorites. I'm going to read a quote out of it real quick because it's just beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, let's see. It's in the beginning. 
Bhagavad Gita, chapter 2, verse 40. On this path, effort never goes to waste, and there is no failure. Even a little effort towards spiritual awareness will protect you from the greatest fear. And I think one of the biggest problems we try to turn spirituality into this thing that gives us any kind of physical value, and that's just not true. But what does it protect against? The greatest fear. What is the greatest fear? Being extinguished after death, uh, not knowing where we're going, not knowing who we are when we're here, uh, just having fear and anxiety of, of all things and all timelines and what if and what's going on and all the stuff. So what does spirituality offer? And the one thing that it offers is it overcomes the lowest vibration, which is fear and hate and doubt, anger and all these things, you know, and they're all, they're all separate. I get that. But fear births all of those things and love births enlightenment, oneness, acceptance, transcendence. Tamara says, I love your content. Thank you so much. Thank you. So I hope you guys are getting what I'm saying here. These are the texts that I've started with. And like I said, I have the ancient ones that I've shared over on my website, cubcooker.com, if you want to kind of support what I'm doing here and go ahead and pick them up for yourself. I have a few more on there that I definitely want to share. Um, so uh, Mashface Dog says, interested in your views on uh, different orientations, on uh, who you're married to, you're married to man, woman, Man, man, woman, woman, trans, whatever, LGBTQ, all of this stuff. Uh, I have a ton of friends that are of those orientations. I have zero judgment for them. I absolutely love them. I'm not a, uh, a lot of people say hate the sin, love the sinner. I, I'm not that because it's not my life, guys. I, I mean, again, let me focus on me. The biggest problem that we take when we make things into dogma is we focus it on other people instead of it being an inward esoteric representation of who we are, the fact that the universe is happening inside of me, the fact that God is inside of me, the fact that the kingdom of God is something I can bring forth, there is nothing served by that by me judging my neighbor for anything. It doesn't even, I mean, first off, no, I'm not saying anything about that because, again, I literally, some of my best friends and mentors in the world are of those orientations. The reason I'm doing what I'm doing now is because I had people that were of that orientation that took the time to love me, to nurture me, to even be father figures to me. Multiple people. I'm not talking about one person here. I'm talking about my whole life. I grew up in theater. And this is something that's really strongly a part of my belief system is I really love these people. I'm not saying these people and, oh, they're different than me. They're me. They're you. I mean, what... Why is that even something that we have to label is what I, I just, I don't understand that. And I don't believe that Jesus himself spoke out against anything like that other than love your neighbor and focus on you. The kingdom of God is within you. He didn't say it's in your neighbor once you fix their sins or what you believe or perceive to be a sin. That's a whole nother thing we can get into with, you, you know, everyone's classification of sin is different. So I look at the words of Christ, and by the way, I think he loved and accepted everyone. He ate, it says he ate with sinners, he ate with tax collectors, he ate, you know, he, they were a part of his group, guys. And while I did talk about energy vampires the other day and keeping, you know, those those energy vampires at bay, 
and talking about, yes, there's sometimes in life when you're not on the same vibration and that person or that group of people or that club or that church or whatever is not a part of your ecosystem anymore. It doesn't mean you don't absolutely love them. And when you actually start to get into this type of stuff, you understand that you really do have love for them. And that's where I think there's a transcendence when it comes to reading these spiritual texts and trying to understand something higher than ourselves. Because if you just read one book and you try to buy into the doctrine of that book, and I don't care, it's not just the Bible, guys. You can do it with any of these other texts too, by the way. And I'm sure there's people that do, that try to turn it into a one, two, three process. And if you don't do this, then you won't this. And that's just not what Jesus said. It was like literally love, 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 love. So I'm going to read Matthew 18, uh, verse 3. It says, Truly I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of God. Whoever then humbles himself as a child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives one such uh, child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck and be drowned in the depth of the sea. So again, okay, we take that, and especially in like the Western church, I've always taken that like if you if you shake someone's belief in Jesus, then you know you're doing the devil's work. But how often are there people that are not attached to any organized religion that have found some peace and acceptance of who they are and some love for their neighbor and some actions in their life that actually reflect the the light of Christ and we go and tear them down because we say no you're not believing it the right way because I'm telling you you guys can't tell a little kid what to believe because they just are they just exist and they believe because they know God's real because God walks right next to them within them every single day and I talk about, you know, my experience as a child talking to God and then that was reprogrammed in me who God is rather than just this best friend, this oneness, this unity, this love that I had, this wonder that I had for life. And so you want to talk about taking that out of someone, it gets programmed out of us from the day we're, we're born. Everything that we see and do and touch and feel is trying to program this wonder out of us this acceptance of all things and beings, this desire that all things and all beings would be happy and joyful and love and serve into the highest good. Uh, Jennifer says the people that God yearned for, for the most are the outcasts. That's absolutely true. Absolutely. Uh, Annie says it doesn't matter if it's not your life, it's not your judgment. Amen. Absolutely. And we forget that a lot of these old texts are less about the judgment of us from a God than it is about the true God judging the little gods. And if you actually read through the book of Enoch, you understand what I'm talking about. And if you read some of these Gnostic texts that I'm going to share right now, you're going to understand what I'm talking about. Gospel of Thomas, the Gospel of Philip, the Gospel of Mary Magdalene, and the Gospel of Judas or Jesus and Judas. Um... I have all of these on my must-read spirituality reading list. If you're going to start somewhere and you're coming from a Western evangelical bent like I was or, you know, Baptist, Methodist, any of those kind of like main 
uh, even Catholic, like wherever you are, especially if you're in a Christian sect, I recommend start with the Gospel of Thomas before you read anything else that I talked about today. That's where my journey started, understanding the Gospel of Thomas and the words of Christ as as people walked with him. These, By the way, these were uh, written somewhere maybe 60 years after Christ was crucified. So like really, really close to the time of Christ. A lot of the other stuff we have had been, you know, kind of potentially massaged um, to, to mean something different or edited or whatever. You can still see what this did for me is when I read this Gnostic gospel, it opened up my mind to a much bigger world of who Christ is and a much deeper understanding of who he is. And now I actually love people on a much different level than I did before. In fact, I don't know that I ever really experienced true love for all until I read this. And by the way, I certainly don't fully experience it yet. I'm still, I'm still growing. I'm still, uh, ascending. I'm still believing. I'm still adding to my understanding. Talk about understanding is not understanding. Understanding can get knocked out from under you. Understanding is stuff you can add and build. And as that fire burns within you, the things that don't serve you get burned away and turned back into smoke. The things that do serve you become like burnished bronze or silver or gold within you they become part of your core being and help you actually ascend the work of ascension is up to you and we tried to simplify it and say well it's just in believing in jesus we got millions of people that believe in jesus and are horrible to each other horrible to each other and they don't manifest the fruit that christ talked about and so my mission is to open up christ to the world in a way that is that is something that everyone can experience. And I don't care what you call him, Buddha, Krishna, Christ, Yeshua, whatever. I think he walked in different timelines with many different faces. And I think each time they unalived him. Uh, let's see. Do you think feminine is more powerful? Uh, I was saved by four female aliens. Um, yeah, I do. I think it's a lot more powerful than we give it credit for the third eye symbology, symbolism, whatever the word is, especially as Sada guru uses, it is literally the symbol for the female anatomy, not to get graphic on here. Um, and, and we shouldn't, we should be very respectful and loving towards that, but that that's an ancient Eastern idea that, you know, your mind is something that should be open. It's it's let, let's just say it like this. It's often represented by a flower, that lotus flower, that open-mindedness. Uh the one that um Sadaguru uses is a little bit more it's one, one of the more ancient symbols and it's literally a depiction of the female form. And there is a lot of power in receiving, by the way. And I'm talking about, this is not physically, this is spiritually. There's a lot of power in receiving. And I, and I said I wouldn't talk about this today because I know it borderlines on offensive to some people. But when we receive, that's gnosis. When we go out and we try to inflict our will on other people, that's the masculine. And if you've watched the Da Vinci Code, you see there is the, the chalice and the dagger. The dagger is the masculine, the penetrating energy, which has its purpose, of course, progress and growth and all of those things like, you know, 
going into your goals, that type of thing. But there's also most of us, even ladies, let me tell you this too. This is a unpopular message right now, but I'm going to share it because it was on my heart this morning. The world has sold you the idea that you need to become more like the men. When there is more power in your femininity and your ability to actually be empathetic, to receive spiritual knowing and knowledge, why did Mary Magdalene, why did they turn her into the archetypal prostitute? If you actually look at what the original understanding of her was, she was, uh, they believe she was uh, a priestess in magic and that she actually had deep esoteric knowledge of the spiritual realms. She received the true message of Christ that they were married. Uh, again, all of this ties with Da Vinci Code and all of that. But there's a much deeper understanding of the way she was able to receive the gospel in its truth than the men were because they were they used it. Well, look at the early church. Immediately you got Paul and you got you know in the church in Acts and all this stuff. And it's this heavy-handed pen of do this, do that. I am calling to rebuke, or I am writing you to rebuke you. I'm telling you this, the iron sharpens iron thing, and the men, and the, and it was just this immediate masculine wave when you had the first people to see the resurrected Christ were female. And I mean, ladies, I mean this. You have power that has been robbed from you. Because again, you've been sold this idea, and we all have, I have too, and I'm all about female empowerment. But unfortunately, we've tried to turn that into they need to look, act, and be just like men rather than finding your power. We've also stripped the Holy Spirit of its divine feminine, which is an atrocity in my opinion. When you look at God, source, universe, intelligence, divinity, as the father, the mother, and the son, you have a divine family that is perfectly and beautifully built in a triune pattern that we are all a part of. And if we are trying to push ourselves to one side or the other, men, you need to understand this too. You have a feminine side of you. Most of you will never experience the bliss that I experienced when I was gazing at the sun the other day and watched it opened up and I felt that and I had that actual release of physical, spiritual, and mental energy in gratitude towards the universe, towards God, towards source because you're afraid to cry. Because you won't experience that experience because you're afraid to weep but I was standing on my porch and did it. And you might say, well, you're a creative cub. You've always been a, a tender heart. People have always called me tender, you know, whatever. Even my name cub was from Jacob, one who wrestles with God to cub, the child of God, the child of God. I was named the child of God, the cub by my brother when I was four or five years old. Didn't even know what it meant until this year. The idea of becoming like the little child and loving Christ, not because he's a religious figure, not because I'm following the letter of that law, but because I get him because I am him. Your child does not understand that they are separate from you when they are born, if you've ever had a kid. And when we truly become like little kids, we get 
that we're a part of the Father. Jesus said, I am in the Father and the Father is in me. I mean that in all love to a world that's built on masculinity. Now, you got a lot of people accusing, saying, no, it's not about masculinity. Guys, it's all the same thing. If you think the whole movement to, uh, you know, get everybody on the same playing field, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, yeah, we are all created equal by God. I fully believe that. But I'm telling you, when you start to strip the identities of the actual energies that people have, that's a problem. Let people be what their authentic truth is. I, I fully believe that. We talked about that earlier. Not only is it not mine to judge, I shouldn't even go there in my head or my heart. I should be more concerned with how I am to people than what they're doing in their own life. And so I, I want all of us to take our power back, not as a, oh, we're a movement, we're going to stand up. And, like, guys, it's not that. I'm not a conspiratorial channel. I'm all about you should be able to sit in a room alone, find yourself and love yourself and find God within you. That's the point of my channel. And as we get closer to Halloween, you know, spiritual energies are thick right now. I just want all of us to remember what we really are inside. And you'll see all the symbols and stuff. And I mean, I'm going to put up some decorations too. I'm not, again, I'm not that guy that, is, oh, I don't celebrate Halloween or I don't celebrate Christmas because it's a pagan, blah, blah, blah. And or I got to follow the Torah and you got to do this. And, you know, there's a whole Torah, uh, Torah observer movement. And again, respect to everyone, but I'm, I'm showing you guys and telling you where life is. And it doesn't go by a certain name because even in the Bible, it says that Christ has a name that no man knows. And then we try to say, well, it's by his name that we're, well, maybe we should embody his essence rather than trying to name him. Let the father name him. We know his name is the word of God. And that is not something that's confined to a physical form in one timeline. The word of God is the logos, the divine computation or the divine expression of the Godhead. All things were created through the word of God. It's not just a spoken thing, but if a spirit is wielding it, it's a vibration, it's an energy, it's a frequency, it's a literal light. It's a divine expression, an artistic expression of the divinity. And that's in you and that's in me. Happy Sunday, guys. I hope this has been a good message for you. Find yourself, your inner power. Guys, find your divine feminine. Ladies, return to your divine feminine. And find your masculine too. There's things in your life you need to push through. You need to find that, the dagger, the the proverbial one, not the literal one, by the way. I have to disclaim that. But the proverbial one, the, the spiritual one, there's there's barriers you have to go through. But there's also times when we all have to stop and receive and have gnosis. Have gnosis of the Christ, of the Logos, of who we really are. Lynn says, beautiful message, Cub. Deannon, happy face. Thank you so much. People need to learn history before they claim what's pagan or evil. Annie Logan says, absolutely. 
And by the way, it's not for me to claim any of that. Because you got a lot of people that Christ just called everyone a wicked generation. They're looking for signs in the sky. They're looking for messages. They're looking for anything but where he's telling them to look, which is within. I love you all. God bless you. Check out my website, cubcooker.com, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com. You can join our monthly membership over there. It is the Supernatural Team. Team stands for Transcend, Transcend Limitations, Elevate Consciousness, Ascend Collectively, and Manifest Beautiful Realities. You can join that. It's $9 a month right now between now and the end of the month, and then it's going to go up. You can go check that out. We're going to have a once monthly Zoom meeting starting at the beginning of this next month. Uh, you get discounts on my merch in that. You're going to, uh, you'll get access to the newsletter, to a private group, all kinds of cool stuff. I think we're going to do the group on Facebook is what it looks like uh, based on what you guys use and want to rather than like a Discord. Uh, but you guys are part of building this with me. So anyone that wants to join at the ground level can kind of help me manifest this whole thing. So let me know what you want with that. Um, and then we will, uh, Cassidy, good question. Um, go watch my video. It's part two of Yaldabaoth, the beast God. It's on my YouTube channel as well as, uh, Apple and Spotify. You can watch, you can even watch the video on Spotify. Now we've got the video podcast up there on Spotify. Uh, but all of that, all the links to that will be over at cubcooker.com, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com. So go check that out. That that should answer your question there. So uh, Drew says, awesome, man. You're doing good things, bro. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, Lynn says, love this team, T-E-A-M, absolutely, and love you all. Thank you, guys. Anyone that has joined the team, look for an email coming at the beginning of the month. It's going to tell you how to access some things. As it rolls out, you're going to get one piece at a time. Uh, I don't want to flood people with too much stuff, but just know that you are valued and you've got some good, good private content that's coming very, very soon for the community. Uh, we've got some cool stuff in the works. So thank you guys. I love you. I'll see you on, let's see, it's Sunday. So tomorrow I'll see you at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time, TikTok during the week, TikTok and Facebook on Sundays. Love you guys. Have a beautiful, beautiful day and I will see you later. Peace.